What is up, IDP Army? What is up, fantasy football fanatics? It's your man, Jordan Reigns, at 50 Shades of Drunk. I am thankful to have you here joining me if you are on the YouTube channel. I'm also thankful if you're listening to the podcast feed because I have an awesome guest for us today, someone to talk over some dynasty draft strategy, some players we are targeting and avoiding right now at this time of the year in our drafts. Ladies and gentlemen, round of applause, Hutchinson Brown. How you doing, brother? Doing great. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, yeah, super excited to talk some dynasty, man. This is going to be good. This is going to be good. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, you know, elephant in the room. My Chiefs did, you know, we did beat the birds. Um, you don't yeah. hold that against me, right? No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Good, good. Okay. We can still be friends. That's what I love about fandom. You know what I mean? The comp- competition can also build camaraderie. Am I right or am I right? Am I right? Absolutely, man. It, it really, it. really, it really can. Excellent. All right. Well, tell us what you've been up to, Hutch. This is your first time on the channel, I think. I've known Hutchinson for a couple of years. He's been doing fantasy content uh, for at least two years, but you've probably been doing it three or four, I bet, because I didn't just No, it's only been two. It's only been two years. Yeah, my second year on Twitter was like in February. It was like early February, like the anniversary popped up on my phone. So, I've yeah, I haven't been in it for that, that long, but in a couple of years, yeah. Nice. Like, I mean, nice. I got into it got into it right before I was 14 and 16 now so that's what's up yeah I met yeah. you and your dad at the expo, expo at the fantasy expo um, yeah did you have you beat him I mean you beat him in fantasy I think we talked about that there right you beat him a few times yeah we we yeah, me and my dad he's gotten into it a lot he's gotten into fantasy football a lot since I've gotten into it he's gotten more involved and he's always like he like he, he's always talks about news to me like he says like did you see the news about like this player I'm like yeah it was awesome we'll just talk and he's like he's getting into it it's really cool because like usually it's like a, a father getting a son into football and all that but it's like i got into football for my grandfather and now i'm getting him into football like he wasn't into it at all and i've kind of gotten him into it he's super involved it's it's really cool but yeah, yeah football it's really family. that was one yeah. of their uh, that was one of their big logos a couple of years ago too so that is awesome i was glad to get to meet you guys i'm glad you've been sticking it out um you know the fantasy industry is not always kind but it is not always not always but it's fun you know and it's a place to learn you know you can learn a lot by observing people um you know from all walks of life loving this game you know football that we all get to watch um and we live in a time when we're allowed to create things around it that you know allow us to put out our opinions and grow and you know just become more useful people to uh you know the overall fantasy community i guess instead of just players now it's like all right check this out speaking of which I was going to wait to ask you some Eagles related questions first, but I want to ask you them first now because I did have them written yeah. down first. Rashad Penny, do you have a strong take? Because you're an Eagles fan. You know, you guys, I know Miles Sanders, finally, I guess he's gone now. Kind of a weird career for him there. They brought back Boston Scott. What are your thoughts on the Rashad Penny signing as a true Eagles fan? I think it is a I think it's a really interesting sign. We got him for cheap. I mean, we got him for really, really cheap. So we're not wasted. Like if he is obviously Rashad Penny, the biggest problem in his career has been injuries, right? When you look at his career, his biggest problem has been injuries. When he's on the field healthy, he's showing out some real talent, especially towards the end of not this past season, but the year before. Uh the year before like like right before the CLC yep. draft Penn Walker in the draft. Rashad Penny looked fantastic. I mean, he looked absolutely spectacular. And if that Rashad Penny can come out in Philly and he can stay relatively healthy, the Eagles are going to get a steal here. And this is going to be huge. But 
If it doesn't work out, I feel like it's okay because the Eagles did not invest tons in him. They only invested a one-year deal, very cheap contract. It's not much in him. So I do like this signing a lot. I am very concerned for the Eagles' backfield, though, because outside of him and, you know, like it's a very, very shaky backfield right now. You have Kenneth Gainwell, Boston Scott, you have Rashad Penny. If these, like, none of these guys are true, like, alphas in an offense, and if you lose one of them, it's going to be really tough to make a lot of production. Thankfully, Jalen Hurts will make up for it a lot in the run game because he's an excellent runner. But I am concerned about this backfield a little bit. It seems a little bit shaky with three iffy guys. So I'm a little bit concerned about this backfield right now. But I, I do love the Rashad Penny signing. I think it's good. Yeah. And like you said, the, we've seen the Rashad Penny ceiling games. Like, they are awesome, you know. And like you said, down the oh, stretch yeah. two years ago when Carson was a little banged up and um, oh, uh, DJ Dallas really wasn't yeah, getting Dallas. it done. They brought him out, and even with his injury issues, they were putting him out there 60 70% of the snaps, and he was going places. He was scooting. I threw him on a few dynasty teams after that injury because it's, you know, the dynasty market is, we're so fickle, you know, a guy's this high, and then he tweaks uh, his hamstring or whatever, and then we just don't want him anymore. But then, you know, a year later, he's better. So, you know, especially at the running back position. The exactly. running back position, especially with the running back position, it's so fluid in the NFL with the running back position because running back career arcs are just not very long. You know, your prime for a running back is like two to three years. Like it really, that's what it is. I mean, especially if you're like a workhorse back, like a guy who's getting a lot of touches, your career arc is just not going to last that long. So yeah, the running back position is just, especially in dynasty when you look at the rankings, like it's a different RB one overall every year. The like funniest it really, really is, is like two years ago it was JT. Like everyone was talking about JT. Oh yeah, everyone before this past year, and it's like no. I mean, honestly, right now I'd rather have the 101 in a 2023 Dynasty draft, aka Bijan Robinson, than any running back in Dynasty. Oh, I'd yeah, rather have sure. I'd rather have that 101 more than any other running back. And I think Brees Hall is a close second for me, but I still rather have that 101. I think next year we'll probably be still looking at Bijan as that answer, depending on his rookie year. But if another guy comes out and just absolutely dominates, like if Brees Hall has a completely ridiculous season for the Jets and this Jets offense is looking great he could be up there for RB1 like like the, the, the RB1 like RB1 overall and just the RB position in general in Dynasty is just so fluid it changes all the time yeah so, and it, it does because it does because of us you know we're human you know yeah. like we yeah. can only react to what we see and feel you know it's like oh that guy looks so good like maybe he's yeah. a little bit and it's and I just saw him play and I saw the other guy play a little while ago so that definitely plays into it before we move on I will say the coolest part in my opinion about Rashad Penny is he's one of the very few players that in this free agency where he landed on a team the Eagles, where if he actually hits his ceiling, his true ceiling, he could be RB1. You know what I mean? Like, we've seen him be that explosive. The Eagles are yeah. dominant in the run game. They were a little spare, sparse, you know, the way they used Miles Sanders last year. But they had a great run game. So he's in a perfect system to really, really, at age 27, a little older, dynasty value might not be there long-term, but this year he could put some people over the top. So uh, shout out to your Eagles for that. Um, looks like, a, all right, I'm going to go ahead and try to pull up our notes here just a little bit because I did want to also... Um, yeah, well, I do. I do have one more point, Rashad Penny, as yeah. well. I want to throw it. Uh, yeah, you did yeah, say yeah. RB one overall in fantasy, and while I do think that's an, that's a very that's a very interesting idea, and I think that could like work out. But the thing is, the Eagles' offense, I don't think they're set up to do that with a running back because Jalen Hurts takes tons of goal line carries, which deals a lot of touchdowns. He takes a lot of carries in general, and he also doesn't dump off to the running back position. So also, Rashad Penny just isn't a specialty pass catching running back. I mean, yeah. we've seen over his career so far, he's just not that guy. Like that's just not Rashad Penny. 
And in fantasy, like when you look at fantasy running backs, the last five years, right, of top 10 running backs, over 70% of them have caught or received at least 50 targets. Like the guys that are finishing at the top of fantasy are the ones that are getting receptions because mm-hmm. those are the ones that are just most important to their team. So Rashad Penny finishing RB1 overall, like, I mean, he was RB1 overall in those last like five, six games, but that's because he was efficient beyond belief. I mean, he averaged eight yards per carry in yeah. three of his last five games. Like that's just not- He really. was like, uh, he was like Derrick Henry. It was just he really, like, yeah. he just hit the whole field every time he touched the ball. Seriously, that's really what it was. And it, that's just not, that's just not sustainable. He also scored a touchdown each, I mean, not in each one of the last six games, but his pace would have done that. He scored uh, two touchdowns in multiple games. But he was just he was just on a tear that just wasn't sustainable. And Eagles offense, he could be really good for fantasy, but the production we saw at the end of that year uh, for Penny was just not sustainable. So RB1 overall, I think, is a bit high, but maybe fringe RB1? The running back position is just so shallow now. So yeah. maybe he can sneak in. I, I, I'm known to get carried away with the hype. Um, <laughs> so thanks for thanks for the, the the splash of cold water there on my Rashad Penny. Sorry. I sorry. say that because I, I do I mean I have I have him on a few dynasty rosters, you know. So maybe some yeah. of my you know, I have some them them play with are listening and maybe they're getting excited too. Maybe I'm gonna sell them, you know, who knows? Who knows what's going on? Um, you gotta play the inception game in Dynasty. Um, all right, let's go ahead and talk quickly. We want to talk about these free agency signings, and I wanted to kind of get your, your take on a couple of these offensive ones. Um, Jimmy G uh, to the Raiders, good quarterback. You know, we've seen him do enough, uh, you know, gets back with uh, McDaniels there. And then they get rid of Darren Waller. And I saw right before we came on, they signed O.J. Howard. I don't even We don't even need to speak about O.J. Howard. In my no, opinion, not he's, not, he's not worth even the time I've spent saying these words about him. Uh, unfortunately for fantasy but um what are your thoughts about the Raiders shift um as far as I mean you put a new quarterback in it kind of changes everything then you take somebody out like Waller who's been pivotal um what are your thoughts on that and then any other free agency signings you want to hit on before we talk about our targets for our dynasty drafts um that we've been doing so Jimmy Garoppolo with the Raiders is really interesting I don't think when you look at Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo, like obviously, like I think I would say Derek Carr is the better quarterback, but I don't think it's like by that wide of a margin. The specifically thing that the thing specifically I want to hit on is the deep ball. Derek Carr over his career has proven that he's an excellent deep ball thrower. Jimmy Garoppolo not as much, so I do think that affects that part of that offense. But I still think Devontae Adams is locked in as a wide receiver one in fantasy. Still, I mean, you gotta trust him until we until he shows us that we can't trust him. Like, that's how you play it with Devontae Adams. That's how you play it with these stars that are veterans. You trust them until we can't show, until they can't show it. Uh, so Devontae Adams, I still trust as a wide receiver one. Jimmy G, I'm not going to be in on for fantasy. I feel like with Jimmy G now in there and Josh Jacobs in the backfield, especially since Josh Jacobs is on a franchise tag, when you put a running back on a franchise tag, and because if the, the Raiders wanted to really extend him this year, they would have done it, but they didn't. So I think this year is going to be a year where they run Josh Jacobs in the ground. And it's going to be, it's, it's brutal to say, because I hate it for Josh Jacobs as a player, because he might he might hurt himself. He might not get the money he wants next year. But I feel like that's how the Raiders are going to play this. And unfortunately, that's going to hurt him. But Josh Jacobs is going to be great for fantasy. Devontae Adams is going to be great for fantasy. Outside of that, though, I don't want any other options on this team. I don't want I don't want the backup tight end. I don't want Jacoby Myers or Hunter Renfro, who were both irrelevant last year. I just don't want those guys. But looking at the rest of free agency signings, I mean, Alan Lazard signs with the New York Jets. I mean, very solid wide receiver, too, because Elijah Moore is just done with the Jets. I still think Elijah Moore is an extremely talented wide receiver. If he was in the right offense and in the right mm-hmm. situation, I truly think he could 
like he could blow up and have a great year. I really do yeah. believe that. Elijah Moore, I mean, I have a uh, old Miss Elijah Moore signed jersey behind me here, uh, right here in my studio, that right up there. But nice. I, I love Elijah Moore, but he is not somebody like this. Him and the Jets, like their relationship is clearly done. And I think his fantasy yep. career with the Jets is done. But Al Lazard there could be a solid wide receiver too. It depends on who the quarterback is, obviously, if he can be fantasy, re fantasy relevant or not. And then the, the big one, Jim Montgomery to the, the Lions on a three-year deal. I like how the Lions were able to do this, a three-year $18 million contract for Montgomery. I think that's a pretty solid deal for them. I think Montgomery's a pretty talented running back, and I feel like that's a very solid deal there for them. But Oh, yeah. I mean, Montgomery, I think, I think Montgomery's actually be pretty good for fantasy because I really think DeAndre Swift is toast. I think I think DeAndre Swift is absolutely toast, and for the Lions at least, I still think DeAndre Swift is a very talented player, and I think in the right offense he could do well. Because DeAndre Swift is not a guy that's going to take twenty plus carries a game. He's not mm -hmm. that type of running back. He's a running back that you give ten to fifteen carries, you give a bunch of receptions. That's how he works. That's how DeAndre Swift is built as a player. If he is put in the right offense, he could really succeed. So I'm looking to buy him in Dynasty for cheap because some people are crazy panicking and yep. still like just going absolutely insane like i've thrown out offers like mid to late seconds for him and those have been highly debated between people like i've thrown out some offers mid to late seconds those have been debated those have been talked did about they, did you do pull any of those off what did i did not pull? yet i did not pull any of them off but That's they were they keep pushing that we're close they were close man i'd be willing to pay like a don't give up any second. ground yeah i'd be willing to pay i'd be willing to pay that mid early second for him if i have to because if he's traded or if he's moved up, like if he goes away somehow, or if he's cut, like he could be a really, really good fantasy option somewhere else. Yeah, the talent, and that's the thing, you brought up a good point, you know. I think the thing people w were wanting last year was, you know, we'd seen two years and we were really hoping that he would push into that next level, you know what I mean, level up. The reality is, and like you said, we know what DeAndre Swift is, and he's an awesome player. But like you said, he's not – he can't sustain a 30, you know, 25, 30 touches to really, really push up there. He's going to be an efficiency guy. He's not a different player than he ever really has been. It's now people are kind of settling into the idea that that's who he is. I am like you. I, this is the first time I've been looking for him. I think that the upside still exists. Uh, but like you said, it needs to be in the right system, the right team. You know the right circumstances if they don't have any other options but to run him out there is the only healthy back and i say they whatever team he ends up on even if he stays with the lions you know what happens if david montgomery hurts his heel you know or i mean guys things happen you know what i mean so deandre swift because he's still the same player we know we've known he is uh i think people are realizing the injuries have kind of held him back but to me that's the thing like he's still been fantasy relevant with with all of these things going against him so now that the market is kind of pushing back on him i'm like you i think the smart play is to now look at deandre swift as a player to add to my teams because the sentiment's a little lower um and you're not having to acquire him at a super high cost you know you're throwing out a second and that will probably get done if you're patient with it you know but this time last year it would have been a guaranteed first at least you know what i mean so um yeah you, you waited it out, and guess what? He's still only like 24 years old, 23, 24. He's 24 right now, yeah. He, you know, you're looking at, even if he just is a flex player on your dynasty team, he could be that for five years. I mean, that's not bad for a, that's not bad for a second round pick. And if he does actually go up, 
you can again flip him back you can cycle him out in a year or two for another second and that's my favorite thing to do is to try to get players onto my team for a certain price and then kind of flip out of them for the same price while adding all of those points that they scored those seasons to my team that's kind of how i like look at like adding value or you know whatever but um yeah, I mean, the, the running back position, like we, like we said, though, is it's the make or break position. You got to pay attention. You got to get in yep. early or you're going to be paying out the wazoo to get these guys. Um, and when they're on the downhill slope, you just got to be brave, bite the bullet and say, I, I still believe just a little, but I still believe. So, uh, yeah. OK, let's go ahead and jump into the, the targets. OK, so for this, I wanted to kind of pull up our draft board over here just so we could pull these guys up. So I wanted to get your thoughts on players you're targeting in drafts. So we're just going to start with the quarterback position. Give me one player you're targeting in startup drafts or, you know, your startup drafts. And give me one player that you are fading in startup drafts at the quarterback position. Yeah, this is this is tough. The quarterback position, I think that there's a lot of stench on a certain quarterback right now and he's jumping into his second season there's a lot of stench on him and i feel like i, I look there when you look at the metrics and you look at the stats some of the advanced numbers it, it is there is reasons to be concerned but i feel like at his price it's worth it i'm taking i like taking dart throws on kenny pickett quarterback of the pittsburgh steelers i do like taking dart throws on him i wasn't the biggest fan of him coming out i really wasn't like at all but he progress a lot towards the end of the season when you look at the numbers he progressed a lot he was very very good with not turning over the ball made some very clutch throws and he made some highlight plays through the season that were like oh wow like not many quarterbacks in the nfl can make that throw like there were there were some plays this year where he really showed out he's deontay johnson george pickens he's Najee harris pat freemuth like he's got a very solid core around him right now and like Kenny Pickett is just set up for success here with the Pittsburgh Steelers and he's locked in as a starter for this year he's locked in there's like the Steelers and they're probably not going to be good enough to the point where they're going to be drafting a quarterback in 2024 I mean not bad enough sorry like their defense mm -hmm. their defense is pretty good and their offense even if Kenny Pickett doesn't have the best year their offensive talent is going to carry them so Kenny Pickett is probably going to be a starter for at least two years if not more and and when you look at the 2024 free agency class as well for quarterbacks it's Kirk Cousins and then nobody. Like, it's not like nobody out there. There's going to be nobody out there in 2024 at the quarterback position for free agency. Mm -hmm. So, Kenny Pickett's job, I think, is safe for at least in the next two years. And if he really, like, at his price, if he really steps up and comes through, like, that is going to pay off. So yeah, I'm, like you said, he's in a good spot. You know, he has the coaches. He's got the, you know, he's got yeah, the Mike Tomlin head coach. I mean, like, come on, he's got the coach. To give him some short fields. He he rushed a little bit more last year than I had originally realized. You know, what he I mean, can run too. I think 15, he was 15, 10, but then you get you know 20, 30, 50. I mean, those are multiple first yeah. downs. So that, that's run. something that not everybody can do. So I love this pick. You know, this is a. I mean, I'm a Steelers fan too. That's my other team besides yeah uh, the Chiefs and the Bills. And then everybody's gonna attack me in the comments. Oh, he's got three teams yeah i love i love a lot of teams um but i love my steelers and kenny pick is somebody that i've i'm personally i'm not super into him but i love hearing other people be in him because the argument is there you know he didn't come out and light the world on fire we've gotten kind of spoiled with some of these players coming out and lighting the world on fire but he didn't do enough to merit the the steelers sticking with him so i think that you made a really good point there so that's somebody you are targeting 
Yes, I'm, I'm looking to get him in drafts. All right. Now, who is a quarterback that you are fading right now in drafts? Fading is a – I'm going to be talking about a player who I think a lot of people actually see as a bit of a buy right now. There's some people who think this player is a buy and he's a higher-priced quarterback. I just don't see it because this year is going to be awful. I'd be more looking to buy in the middle of this season or next year, next offseason. I'm talking about Kyler Murray. Uh, Kyler Murray, quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals, this dude is set. Like, the Cardinals are going to be horrific in 2023. I don't know. Like, their roster is looking pretty slim. The receiving core around Kyler Murray after DeAndre Hopkins gets traded. I mean, outside of Marquise Brown, it's it's looking a bit rough. Like, it's yeah. not a good sight. The Cardinals are going to be a bad team in 2023. They're going to be a bad team. And, and don't we forget that Kyler Murray towards ACL? Like, he's not going to be ready for the start of the season at all he might not start week one and if he does he's not healthy like the time like the the timeline does not mat- match up he's not gonna be the mm-hmm. same kyler murray that runs for 50 to 100 yards like he's not gonna be that guy when he comes back he's going to suck for fantasy i'm completely fading him in 2023 for redraft purposes like not at all looking his way but in dynasty i don't think he's worth buying right now i mean maybe if you're a complete rebuild team but I just think you're going to be able to get more. I think you're able to buy him for cheaper in the middle of next year when he sucks. So I'm not, I am looking to completely fade Kyler right now. I think his price is only going to dip from here. And I don't think that's worth buying a dynasty. You don't want to buy a player where their value is only going to dip from here. It's just not, it doesn't make any sense. So Kyler Murray is somebody that I just don't want at all. You're so smart. You know, I'm the, I mean, I, I say that because it's obviously confirms my priors. I also agree. I think Kyler Murray has. Again, after a while, a player shows you who he is. Um, and we've seen Kyler Murray play in the NFL, and everybody wants to give him all these caveats for why he hasn't made it. Everybody wants to blame Cliff. Cliff drafted the guy. I mean, Cliff put the best quarterback he thought into his system, and it didn't work out. That tells me that there's something wrong. I mean, you can't just blame him. Like, this quarterback couldn't pull it off. We've seen Kyler be, I mean, he's mediocre. I mean, at real-life football, in my opinion. Uh, he rushes around and scrambles sometimes, but... Aside from that, I've never really seen much special come from him. And like you said, his weapons are not going to be great. You know, they've got him a new weapon every year. DeAndre Hopkins, they, you know, brought in A.J. Green. They brought in Marquise Brown. They brought in Zach Ertz, uh, you know, James Conner. They bring in all these things. They're trying to build it up for a situation to be successful around him. And it just never seems to happen. And you have to wonder eventually what's the missing piece here when like you said it's not going to get better you know so even now although his price is kind of dipped in dynasty in how we view him i agree with you i think that you can wait it out even longer you know because people are gonna get tired of staring at him on his bench you know i had deshaun watson in one of my main dynasty leagues i've been staring at deshaun watson for two seasons and it's been a lot of different trade offers come through for him yeah and at different times i was in different places but but I've, I've made it through the darkness. Thank you to Geno Smith. Shout out to Kirk Cousins for getting me through. Um, and and his value is up, you know what I mean? Because he, in my opinion, he's the same player. You know, he didn't have a catastrophic injury. He's dealing with personal, like not personal, I mean issues. But on the field, he's the same thing, in my opinion. Kyler Murray, Again, I don't see when he comes back him becoming more valuable. I mean, he can only come up a little bit. So I think that's a good move there. And that's not to say there's not a point when I would, like you, wouldn't go get Kyler Murray. Um, but we're not no, there. Yeah. Here's the thing, we need to bottom out even more. 
Yeah, because Kyler Murray, when you look at it, I I don't think he's mediocre. I think he's definitely. I think he's sometimes by some people overrated as a passer. I don't think he's one of the per, uh, like premier passers in the NFL. But he's an elite fantasy quarterback because he runs the football at an elite level. Like it's just not really when he is on the field and he is fully healthy. He is elite for fantasy, and there's not really like there's not much debate around that because he runs. No, you're 100 percent right. But my, my but the thing for me there, and why I still think it is important to consider if he's good for football or not is after a while you end up in a Carson Wentz type situation or a Jameis Winston situation where people stop caring about your draft capital and people stop caring about you know the stuff that doesn't matter. Eventually, it it comes down to are you helping this team win football games or not? And after a while. Everybody else is gone, but you're the same guy. You're the only guy that's still here for the last five years. So, so that's my word with Kyler. And again, I've said this for a while. I agree with you. He's amazing for fantasy. But how long are we going to get him as a starting quarterback in fantasy? Two more years? I mean, we're seriously. I mean, because eventually, when you don't win, you stop getting chances, and your chances get worse. He, do you want? I mean, do we want him to be the next cult, you know, backup dude or commanders? You know what I mean? Like he's just gonna follow that Carson Wentz path. I'm afraid. Uh, so, from a value standpoint, again, it's just really hard to see it going north again unless like a perfect situation kind of happens. But uh, I love that you brought him up. I don't want us to get too bogged down here because people who watch this channel know I've been dogging Kyler Murray for like two years uh, for fantasy just because, I mean, it's just, one, it's not fun to really watch him play because he's always losing. Uh, and two, he's just, I don't know, whatever. We'll move on. Uh, let's do the running back position. Oh, no, we're done. Yeah, running back position. So who's a guy you're targeting right now in drafts? And then who's a guy you're fading at the running back spot uh, for dynasty purposes, and then kind of give us a why. We'll go with the, uh, your target first. So running back, is it okay if I shout out a rookie? Yeah, go for it. Is that cool? All right, I really like, I think this guy, I mean, he's drafted the first round in dynasty drafts. I mean, in rookie drafts. And he's drafted usually the third, fourth round in startups. I think that there's a lot of hype around one specific, one specific running back, Bijan Robinson. And I think that hype for Bijan, well-deserved. Bijan is a difference maker. But I think he's, that shadow is just leaving Jameer Gibbs in the dust. And I think it's unfair. Jameer Gibbs could be the RB1 of a lot of classes lately. Jameer Gibbs is a special running back talent. I don't know if he's going to show up on there because uh, I don't know if a rookie show up in there. But yeah. Jameer Gibbs, I think he's a very, very special player. When you watch him play, he is very smooth as a pass catcher. It is so natural for him. He can run routes at an elite level when you're talking about running back position. And he's also like... At 200 pounds, he's extremely fast. Extremely fast for his size. I mean, I believe he ran like a 446, 444, 40 yeah. at the combine. He was at 200 four, pounds. Yeah, it was like a four. Yeah, it was a really low four. At 200 pounds, that's extremely impressive. Extremely impressive for that size. Like, he's so, so quick on his feet. He's a he's a weapon with the ball in his hands. And fantasy running backs, when you look at now, I was talking about earlier with, you know, fantasy running backs getting tons of targets, and that's what we want. Jameer Gibbs is the future of fantasy football running backs. It's what we want out of a running back in fantasy football. You don't necessarily need 20 carries a game. If you get 10 to 15 carries, but you're getting a boatload of targets, it's worth it. So if you put him in an offense right now, like the Chargers, and replace Alton Eckler, if you do something like that with Jameer Gibbs, this dude's going to be a difference maker in fantasy football, and he's going to be a game changer. And I, I don't want to say it, but like... We could be looking at him like in the same tier as like B. John Robinson for fantasy eventually. I think that could absolutely happen after a rookie year. I think I think if in the right landing spot for Jameer Gibbs, I think we can look at look at him in the same tier as Bijan, maybe even over. 
Nice, nice. I know that's well, kind of love... crazy. I know it's kind of crazy, but if you put him on the Chargers, there's nothing he can't do. I truly yeah. believe that. Jameer Gibbs is, I'm all in on Jameer Gibbs. And he's my locked in 104, and he's competing for 103 in a super flex league. Love that pick. There you go. There's a early target for you all for yeah. a running back. And the nice thing about him, like you said, is he's probably going to slip through the cracks. You know, it's going to be the guys we know and love. Bijan. I'm really, them. I'm really hoping to see a first round pick on him. I'm really that hoping to see be, a first round pick. That'd be that'd be just a cherry on top for me. But if he, but he's locked in second round. You almost want to hope for a lower pick so you can get so people keep fading him. You know, and then you put him on your team. Possibly, That's what yeah. you really want. Uh, all right, so who's a fade for you at the running back position coming into this next year? When you're in your drafts, who's somebody that you're like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not taking that guy. Um, it's cost too much, too many red flags. Who, who are you looking at right now where you're like, so, eh, count me out? It's interesting because this player that I'm talking about is a very similar style of player to Jameer Gibbs. He's a specialty pass catching running back. You might think that's great, but right now he's not in the offense that does that. And I'm talking about James Cook, running back of the Buffalo Bills. This guy... He's a talented player. I really do believe he's a talented player. I think in the right offense, like let's say the 49ers were to not trade for Christian McCaffrey, James Cook could smash in San Francisco. He could absolutely crush it in San Francisco. I think he'd do a great job there being that dump off guy, uh, pass catching specialist running back. Like that'd be amazing for him. But in Buffalo, it's just so like when you look at the Buffalo offense, you, you might think great for running backs because they score a ton of touchdowns. Josh Allen's a great quarterback. Like, of course, it's going to work out for running backs. It, it just doesn't. Over the past three years, and this one's Josh Allen's been good. The past three years, and Josh Allen's been good. Buffalo's been 19th, 24th, and 29th in overall running back fantasy points in each of the last three years. That's what they've been. like, And it's only gotten worse. And specifically because Josh Allen is horrible for fantasy running backs. He doesn't throw to the running back position. He doesn't, like, he does, uh, he takes goal line work. He takes carries himself. Like, it just doesn't work. And James Cooks, as a specialty pass catcher, just doesn't fit in this offense at all. It just, it just not, it's not a perfect fit for him. And I am so out on James Cook. Maybe if James Cook were to get traded, it could work out, but I just don't, I don't see that happening, really. I really don't see that happening. I don't know why. I just have a feeling I don't see. Yeah, they've, he's only been on the team one year, you know, so they, they're probably like gonna, yeah, keep him around. Yeah, I agree with you though. I mean, I think you're you're on to it. I mean, they they don't people want to deter it, every time a running back comes into Buffalo around Devin Singletary, the fantasy community makes that player the greatest running back that's ever existed, basically. Yeah. And it's like right. it's Devin Singletary or bust. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he's not ever gonna though. be like you said, the the things that hold any running back back there are holding Devin Singletary back as well. It's not that Devin Singletary is not capable of catching the ball rushing the ball doing the goal line work etc and james cook was never really a threat to do that and i'm with you you know i think it's kind of a fool's errand to even at a lower cost to acquire right now which it's still too high in my opinion you know i mean yeah, you can take david montgomery yeah. in a startup you know right before james cook i mean our tyler algier why would i take james cook when i have players who have shown me you know and teams who have shown me that they're going to use a player a certain type of way when we've only seen, like you said, from Buffalo, running backs not be everything we want them to be. James Cook isn't going to be the guy that changes that. So uh, I, I agree with you there. I think that's I, I love that pick. That's a great pick. So um, let's go to the wide receivers next. Who is a wide receiver that you are currently targeting? It can be you know somebody early, somebody late, whatever. In your yeah. dynasty uh, drafts, though, uh, that you really like to build, uh, make a, a meaningful part of your teams. And then somebody yeah, who will, like, get that trash out of here. 
<laughs> your wide receiver is so plentiful there's so many interesting names at wide receiver at all times there's always players you can be targeting always players you can be fading there's so like there's just a lot of wide receivers and there's there's always so many of them there's always so many that are fancy relevant but when i look at the wide receiver position i really am liking christian watson the more and more i think about it the more and more i love christian watson when he was coming out of college, I mean, I wasn't the biggest fan coming out of college because I did not like the, the little production in the small school. Like, when you see that in a prospect, that is a big red flag. Big red flag. When you see little production in a small school like that. That just That is not something you want to see. But he had an elite speed for his size. I mean, it was just absolutely insane. Was he like a... I can't remember his speed, but it was just, it was just alien-like. And this year... Coming into the year, I mean, early in the year, didn't look so great. Had a couple bad plays. Which at the end of the year, he really came on. Mostly because of touchdown production, I will admit that. But he at least showed levels of production for fantasy. He at least showed that production is there. And this year, the Packers, they haven't added wide receiver, but they've only given receiving options away. They gave away Robert Tunney. They didn't resign him. They let him go. They let Alan Lazard go. Like, they're just letting guys go. And Christian Watson is setting up to be the clear number one alpha of this offense, sitting at 6'5", 208 pounds, as it says here on Sleeper. Like, he is a he's a monster. He's going to be a monster in the red zone. He's going to be a monster everywhere. And a young, struggling, potentially struggling quarterback in Jordan Love is going to be leaning on that big body receiver. So Christian Watson is somebody that I think is set up for, like, tons and tons of targets next year and tons of red zone opportunities. I am I'm in on Watson. In on Watson. Love it, love it. Um, you know, rookie this last year, one, two, at 300 yard games there. Uh, and that's with missing a handful of games as well. So I love to see that from a rookie. Um, Rogers leaving doesn't scare the bejesus out of you. Um, it definitely, I mean, no, not really. I mean, I, I think that Rogers would definitely be great for Christian Watson. I think they, I think they would be able to bond well, and I think they'd be able to have a great, uh, fancy, like, um, they'd be able to produce well for fantasy with each other. But when you look at Jordan Love as well, I was talking about Jordan Love as potentially young, struggling quarterback. He's going to want to look for that big body, number one option. And it's very clear who that is. And it's Christian Watson. So I'm going to I'm gonna be in on Christian Watson no matter what. And we saw some production from Christian Watson with Jordan Love. We saw that connection there and it worked out. Christian Watson had some good games with Jordan Love playing, with Jordan Love starting. And Jordan Love actually looked all right. He looks like he can manage an offense well. So I'm excited for Christian Watson this year for fantasy, no matter who it is. I think it'd be better with Rodgers, but I'm assuming Love oh, yeah. is a starter. I've assumed that for the last couple months. That oh, it's, you, sound sound reasoning, like you said. Um, you know, if we assume that Jordan Love, you know, is efficient, but he's, you know, it's his first time starting. Obviously, he's probably not going to have total command of these games, you know, against uh, some of these veterans, and they're going to be down, you know. So he's, like you say, he's going to have to rely on Watson, um, whether he likes it or not. When you have to take a big section of the field, you have to do that. Um, a la Jameis Winston, Mike Evans, you know, kind of like that, where yeah. if you got to take the field, we, we you kind of know, we kind of knew that season, like, where's Jameis going to go? Well, he's got to go far, so he's going to Mike. I, I like your I like your processing there, but it kind of puts uh, Watson as kind of a sneaky guy there. So, uh, and even without, uh, even without the legendary Shaman Rogers there, so good good pick there on him and then who is a wide receiver you're fading someone you're like yeah, yeah this, could, 
This one is. Oh, oh, we got a question in the in the in the the chat. Let's see what we got here. He says, Paroli says, like, what do you think Watson is worth in draft pick? Wow. Like a rookie pick. I think there are some. Uh, is it a rookie pick or like a startup? So let's just assume rookie picks. If we're looking um, at if we're looking at a rookie pick, I, I think I you know when you're looking at, I mean not Bijan. I'm not. I'm not giving up the one on one. You have to consider and this then, class too. This class is kind of weak. So and wide receiver specifically, it would is. Would you so move I think, into the first? Would you be willing to give a first for Watson? Oh my God, that's not even a choice for me. Yes, one hundred percent. Really, one hundred. It's oh, it's one hundred percent a first. That's not even a decision for me. It's about for me because I think the top three are ruled out. Top three are ruled out: Bijan, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young. Those three are out. And then when it comes to Jameer Gibbs, I think I'd rather have Gibbs still. I'm very very big fan of Gibbs so I'd rather have him but then after that when you're looking at the rest of the picks it's JSN Jack Smith and Jigba I love him I think he's fantastic he's going to be a tough one really because we haven't seen the draft capital we haven't seen where he's gone so yeah that yeah. one's going to be tough and then you have Anthony Richardson who I'm just I'm just not a fan of I'm really not I can't get on the Anthony Richardson train for fantasy the upside is there but he was legit an awful passer in college. Like, a legit a bad passer. Like, Even it's just better. I know I want him to throw. I want him to just run the whole game. <laughs> I know you don't want him to throw. You want him to run the whole game. Like, it's just, mm. I'm not in the super believer in him. I don't think he's going to be a starter for very long in the NFL. So, honestly, like, the 106? Like, that's kind of where I'm at. 105, 106? I'd be willing to trade that for Christian Watson right now. Like, I'm I'm in. I think, uh, I think that... I think, I mean, I've seen trades done for less. I've seen the 109 go for him. Hey, there you go. There you go. I, like, I've seen the 109 go for him. So I would, I would try for less, but if oh, you're yeah. going, if the other manager's really not going in, I, I'm okay giving like the 106 for him. I think that's a, I think that's a solid, that's a trade to be willing to make. That is bullish. Okay. I need yeah, to read what I'm learning in this bullish. conversation is I need to, I knew Christian Watson was flashing last year, and I kind of saw it. And I don't know. Did, did you watch the football with Mark Davis and Ryan was playing? Do you yes, remember? essentially. Do you so, yeah, remember? The comment just came and says, so he's worth Gibbs or JSN. I think I would rather have Gibbs in him, but JSN is JSN is so much tougher. So I, that's why I would say the 106, because then that rules out Gibbs and JSN, who would probably go those two picks right there. Because you have Bijan, Stroud, Young, Gibbs, JSN. I think those five I'd still rather have than Christian Watson. So one six, I'd, I'd be willing to give up for him. Because I mean, I the thing is though, at the one hundred six, there might be an Anthony Richardson crazy fan in your league who's willing yep. to pick him up right there, especially if he gets drafted like top five in the draft. So one hundred six, you might be able to get one of those two guys. So I think one hundred. But overall, still, I gotta, I, I gotta interrupt you here just because, and I hate what? to do it, but I, you were, you, what the, some of the stuff you're saying right now, I love, I love, 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 love. No, go ahead, man. You're good. You're not just parroting back necessarily the consensus of like what i kind of see in the fantasy world which i love because you know i thought you know a lot of people seem to be locked into those quarterbacks and you're very much open to the idea of passing on anthony richardson on you know some people whether that be right or wrong it doesn't really matter because we're all coaching and creating our own team it's not like you're not taking a player at that spot You're just saying, I'd rather have this guy, and that's how I'm playing fantasy. And I love that. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Because I think it's so important that people understand that. I mean, like they were saying, more than one way to skin a cat. You know, you don't have to lock in to any particular analyst ideas or any particular. No, that's a horrible system. thing to do. You got to, like, 
I, I mean, I, lo- I would love it if you listen to me because that's cool. But um, you also gotta like, you gotta broaden your your mindset when you look at fantasy football. You gotta listen like, because I like I listen to content, so I love taking in content. I love listening to all different types of people from around the industry talk of different mm-hmm. people. It's always the thing you gotta do because if you listen to one person the entire time, especially if there's someone who's a bit stubborn with their strategy and doesn't change things, it's really going to hurt your fantasy football mindset. It's going to like. It's gonna put you in a box, and you don't yeah. want to. Yeah, and, and you and, wake up one day and you have a crappy team, and it's yeah. because you've been stuck holding on to hope for some of these guys, hey, and you have been playing again, the game. Again. Yeah. And with this, with this comment, I like this. I would try. I, I think one eleven is a bit of a low ball offer. I don't know if someone. I mean, you could try Send that. that. Superflex league. I mean, you could try that. I don't think it'll get taken. Uh, I would try like 111 in a late second if you got that, or like 111 in a bench player if you got that, and I would try that see if that works. But if Worst comes to work, or maybe and slowly upgrade from there from 111. Because I would love to have the 106 and Christian Watson. That'd be great. But if worst comes to worst, and you cannot make a deal with that 111 and someone else, then I'd be willing to give up 106. That's so. That's would be my advice there with uh, Watson in that trade. All right, you heard it here from the man himself. Now, who's a wide receiver that you are going to fade? Um, we got caught up on Watson there, but I we did a little bit. That's all right. It's all right. We still got plenty. Yeah, I mean, yeah, heck, we got all off seasons. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. So, a player I'm kind of fading in Dynasty right now when looking at the wide receiver position. There's, there's definitely a few guys you could look at. I mean, there's definitely a few. I wrote down multiple names here. I'm just reading them off, trying to like figure out which one I really, really want to shout out here. And I, when it when it comes down to it, I really do want to. I really want to talk about. Wow, this is tough. This is do really it. Tough. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about. I know I talk about Kyler Murray. I also want to talk about Marquise Brown. I okay. I don't think it's. I I feel. I it's, it's the same argument about Kyler Murray. I just don't think it's worth it because it's going to be a bad year for the Cardinals. Marquise Brown, especially in the beginning of the year, is gonna have to play with a backup quarterback. And it's just not going to be, it's just not going to be fun. I would want to buy him in the middle of the season when he's awful for like so much cheaper than he's being going for right now. And he's cheap right now. He actually is decently cheap right yeah. now. But I think there's an opportunity for him to get even cheaper in Dynasty. Like I'm just, I'm just out on this Cardinals offense. I, I, I love this pick right too. Now. I love this pick too. And you're, and you know what, you're, you're right. Cause what's going to happen when you say this probably and why people will say this is, it's the, it's the the it's the targets you know he got all yeah, the targets target. these great targets it's like again these are caveat Kyler Murray's throwing this ball ladies and gentlemen um and it is what it is after a while I mean this was your guy he had a 140 yard game week three and after that I mean he really even with all the targets that he was getting forced. He couldn't he couldn't get over uh, uh, 80 yards with like one other time the whole season, so it's yeah. just I'm with you. I, I love that. You know, I, I've seen buy low and I've seen people kind of flexing Hollywood and I've seen people drafting Hollywood higher than I. I'm like, you're taking Hollywood there. I'm like, I mean, I would take Hollywood yeah. sure as a wide receiver three four flex, and I'm seeing people take him in a spot where I'm like, you have to roll him out as soon as he's healthy if you're drafting him in a startup there. And I just don't think that's a very good. That's just it's not a very forward-thinking process. Yeah. Um, so I love I love that you're on that in the, on that too. Before we go to the last position, um, you know, I wanted to ask. You know, we've been talking a little bit about obviously we've been talking about fantasy since we kind of got started. But earlier we we did say a little bit. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your journey in the industry and all that. So yeah. I wanted to slide back over into that. 
because even what you're saying to me right now and how you've been you know some of your takes and insights uh, maybe it's my own fault because i just maybe made maybe i've made too many assumptions about other everybody else's fantasy analysis but you're throwing out some stuff that i'm just like i don't see takes like that necessarily so keep throwing them out there uh, i the appreciate that eye for sure um i'm loving it i appreciate a lot. that a lot thank you actually well, one really, of the things really, you know i had written down really hit me Thank yeah you. of course bro i mean yeah. give credit where credit is due you know and i think that something that you have to offer the fantasy community is a unique perspective because i mean you know you said i was talking before we came on i said you know you're a vet in the game you're like oh it's weird to be called a vet you've been making content for two years consistently you yeah. got school and all kinds of other stuff i'm sure going on you're living a life oh, I mean, yeah. that's veteran stuff um and you're paying attention you're playing the game you're making the content I think sometimes that because a lot of the guys that do what we do, you know, are my age or around my age, you know, we, we see things a certain type of way and your unique perspective is partially because you're young, you know, you don't have biases, you don't have feelings and thoughts and haven't seen things a certain type of way, the way we have. And that allows you to see things with a fresh perspective, you know, a clean eye or whatever, um, which is something I really, we try to do on this channel and on this podcast a lot. Like we, we don't intentionally always, you know, have obtuse uh, takes, but we definitely, we definitely, it's not all rainbows and butterflies. Like you said, not everybody's going to hit that ceiling. Yeah. Um, and just because eight out of 10 people think that doesn't mean you have to make it nine out of 10. You're allowed to have a different opinion. So I really, really, really love some of the stuff you've been throwing out here. And I just wanted to give you props on that and just say, you know, don't ever let anybody hold the fact that you're young or inexperienced whatever against you i mean that is a superpower because eventually you won't be you know what i'm saying yeah, um, yeah and you'll just be an old dude with a bunch of battle scars and you know missing some teeth and all that good stuff so um speaking of some old dudes with battle scars let's talk about uh, a haggard position tight ends Ugh. yeah talk to me what are, what are your thoughts on the tight end position and um who are you targeting and fading? And if you want to respond back to what I just said, go ahead and do that too. I didn't want to just run you over, but yeah, no, I I really appreciate that. That really means a lot, actually. Like when you said, like I hear your takes, and it's like all like like completely different. Like that really means a lot to me, actually. Like it's it's really really interesting because like I have like I do like take you know intake from other like an out, uh, analysts and like you know always study and look at other content, see like. Maybe there's a new perspective I haven't been looking at or a new way I haven't been seeing things. Mm -hmm. And absolutely, I've learned from that. But I've also taken that information and changed it to the way the NFL is played now and the way that I see fantasy football, the way I see football, how I see, how I see it played, and just kind of make my own out of this. Like, like, I don't copy and paste rankings into my sheets and, like, say, buy this guy, buy that guy. Like, I don't do that. Like, I am, like, legit, like, like I have school, I have work. Like, I work like, as a cashier, as a retail job. Outside of those two things, fantasy football is my life. Like this is it. I'm I'm up at night, hours researching, like doing everything I can to make my content the best that it can be. And I'm I'm really trying, like I'm really just trying to be the best that I can be in this industry. Like I, I want to pursue, like I want to pursue this as my life. Like I really do. I want to pursue this long term, and I want this to be a part of my life forever. And I'm I'm really trying. Uh, but I love it. And I that, think uh, you're doing it the right way. And I'm saying, you know, I mean. You, I know what you say is what you mean because like you said you aren't just putting out other people's quote unquote good takes you're at because yeah. you care enough and you have a long term enough vision you want your takes to be out there at this point it's yeah. like if it's good or bad it doesn't matter it's mine and when it is good you're going to be able to say I did that 
And whenever yeah. you're look, exactly when you were looking at a time horizon of like, I want to do this forever. You're not just, you know, a small win doesn't mean anything because you're you're establishing, you're laying a foundation for something uh, amazing. So, and like I said, and that and I think that gives you the boldness to have your own thoughts and processes in us in a, in, a, in an industry where a lot of people get a little chirpy if you don't agree with them. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. One, one last thought, and I'll get to the tight ends. I I do want to say like, I uh, like on Twitter, like I try to be like with my takes and with like who I am on Twitter. I try to be my genuine self. Because I've noticed in this industry, the biggest thing I've heard, the biggest thing I see, if you're not your genuine self in this industry, you're not going to make it at all. You're not going to get people grabbing onto you. Because in order to have people that really, really like you and follow you and like really like your content, you're going to have to have people that dislike you. And I have plenty of people that don't like me. <laughs> I have plenty of people that don't like me. And honestly, I don't care. I got plenty of people who like me and who back me up and I'm, I'm going to focus exactly. on those people. And obviously, look, if you got constructive criticism for me, I'll take it. I will, I will take it and I will learn. And I've, I mean, I, I'll bring up a specific take I had heading into the, I believe it was the 2020, 2020 or 2021 NFL draft. I can't remember which class it was. I was, I was a bit low on Jamar Chase. <laughs> I was low on Jamar Chase. There were some, there were a few things I was seeing in his game that I did not love. I mean, I thought he was catching the ball with his body a little bit. I didn't love the way that he caught the ball like that. I was just a little bit lower on him in consensus. I thought Devontae Smith was the better player and I got hated and it, Turns out Jamar Chase is definitely the better player. I mean, Devontae Smith is fantastic. I'm glad about that take that I was higher on Devontae Smith. But yeah, Jamar Chase really hurt me there. But anyway. You can stand uh, on that, though. It's like, so what? You got it wrong, but you're like, at least yeah, it was I'm not my willing, take to get wrong. I'm not willing. I'm not afraid to just go out with my own take because it's contrarian and different from everybody else's. Like, I'm really not. I just want to put myself out there. I want to put myself out on the plate. And if you don't like it, then that's fine. You can find someone else that you like. But if you like it, great. I'm happy to have you. Like, that's well, really how I feel about this. And that's how that's I'm how that's how it is. You know, just again, put yourself out there. If you have something you can be proud of, and that's what you know. I, I'm glad you came on. Um, people are probably like, guys, quit. You know, broing out, giving some fancy content. Jeez Louise. Uh, but uh, let, let's jump into uh, yeah, the, the tight end position. Tight end position. So fickle, it. you know. So fickle, you know. Three years ago, people put uh, George Kittle as the number one tight end in dynasty. Um, you know, now it's Travis Kelsey again at 34, you know, is Gronk the greatest tight end? Is Kelsey the greatest tight end? Yeah. Uh, I recently found out that apparently Jordan Reed wasn't that athletic. Um, they're just so, the, the position is just so odd. You kind of just have to pick your guy if you don't have Kelsey and just hope to God that it works out. But who are you targeting? Who's a player that you're trying to attach to your dynasty teams in uh, in re or not in redraft, but in dynasty, or even in maybe in best ball, uh, we could caveat into that a little bit if you wanted to. But uh, who are who's the tight end you're targeting, and then who's the tight end you're fading? So a tight end I'm targeting, I'm really liking. Like when I look at the tight end position, I want athletes. I want guys who can make plays after the catch. Like that's what I want. Because if you're just gonna be a boring old not athletic, because that's not how the tight end position is played anymore. The tight end mm -hmm. position is you gotta be athletic. You gotta be an athlete to play the tight end position, and. I really like I, I do I do like to shout out can I shout out too? Is that okay? Yeah, I'll make quick shout out too. Um both are actually like similar sizes, which is funny. But I really like first one I want to shout out is Jelani Woods, first off. I mean he I mean he his athletic scores and his athletic abilities are pretty wild. 
when you look at the numbers. Like, uh, I think he was a 94th percentile in uh, in speed score, according, and that's with like size adjusted speed score according to uh, player profile. Like, he is a very athletic tight end, and as a rookie this year, not much production throughout the year. But towards the end, if you want to look towards the end, you'll see some targets going his way. You'll see some catches being made. He mm-hmm. made a couple nice plays. And I think that next year we could see an opening in this offense for him because when you look at the receiving core, it's just Michael Pittman and nobody. And we got a rookie quarterback coming in, which isn't always it's great. It's just nobody. Yeah, it's just nobody. There's nobody there. And like when you look at quarterbacks, rookie because look, we're, we're assuming that they're going to draft a rookie quarterback, right? Uh, Sheena Stroud or Bryce Young or Richardson or one of these three guys. And I really hope it's not Richardson. I really hope it's not. But I'm hoping it's Young or Stroud, one of these two. And if it is, we're going to be looking at Jelani Woods as a very, very interesting fantasy tight end because rookie quarterbacks, we talk about how they really impact their wide receivers and that is not good. Not good. Like fantasy wide receivers are usually not good with rookie quarterbacks. It just doesn't yeah. work out. But the tight end position, the tight end is a lot less uh, dependent on the quarterback. And rookie quarterbacks, when you look at rookies, like if they're struggling, if they're not doing so well, the big body, the safe tight end is what they're going to want to look for. And Jelani Woods, 6'7", 253 pounds. Yeah, he's that guy. And Michael yeah. Pittman's big, but Jelani Woods is big. Now he's going to be looking his way. So I think Jelani Woods is going to be a very, very interesting fantasy option. I would like to buy him in Dynasty. I think he's a little undervalued. And another one I want to shout out, he's a rookie. I think Darnell Washington is the best tight end in this class. The right best now? tight end in this class. Right now, he's the best tight end in this class. I know Michael Mayer's up there. Michael Mayer is an old school bully ball tight end. That's how he plays football. He is not a supreme athlete. He's decent, not a supreme athlete. On the other hand, Darnell Washington is a elite athlete. He is a alien, alien. He ran a point. He ran uh, half a tenth of a second. I don't remember what that exactly is, but 0.05 seconds slower than Michael Mayer did. And he's like two inches taller and got 20 pounds more on him. Like, hmm. dude is freakishly athletic. And some people will say he doesn't, is not developed as a pass catcher. That is not, that is not even remotely close to true. The stats aren't always there because of, um, shoot, I can't remember his name, but he's at the tight end of Georgia. He's going to come out in the next class. Uh, oh my gosh. Michael, I don't know anything about college football. Brock Bauer, I think Bowers. Brock, Brock, I think it's Brock, Brock Bowers. Bowers. That sounds I, like a name I've heard. I think, I think that's it. I'm, I'm blanking on his name. I apologize. But, like he's been dominating for them, but Darnell Washington in their hand has made a lot of great plays, specifically after the catch as well. Like he can just he can run you over, but he can also juke you if you're not careful. Like he can jump over you as well. Like he is just insane. If a team like I love, I love what Spiffy T Football Combat says. They need to figure out how to use him. Like he's an athletic and turning gates. Or is that uh, Jelani Woods? I think that he's talking been, about Woods. That might have been Jelani Woods. But I think you can make the same argument for Darnell Washington because they're very similar players when you look at their size, when you look at their speed scores, when you look at everything, they're very similar players. I think Darnell Washington, if you, if you like, because when you look at his size, you might think, oh, big blocker guy. Like you could, the NFL might put him in that role. Mm-hmm. But if some team drafts him and unlocks him like he should be, this, the, the 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 sky is the limit for Darnell Washington, his fantasy value. So I am very in on him. I will pick him over Michael Meyer. I'll pick him over any tight end in this class. And if he gets picked in the first round of the NFL draft, first round of a rookie draft, and he's there at the end of the first round of a rookie draft, I might take that shot. 
Yeah, they're skewing young on your tight ends that you like. I like I'm that. You know, that's the position. I, you know, it's yeah, easy to kind of like get me a middling of the pack guy. So why not skew young on some of these players that you want late in these drafts yeah. and hope that you hit that that home run shot? And Jelani Woods, like you said, athletically, he didn't get a whole whole mess of targets. He had a couple of games where he had a lot, but he looked like you said he he caught your eye when he was out there. Uh, and I think people are starting to realize that Michael Pittman, like DeAndre Swift, I mean, is who he is. And that leaves a lot of room for Jelani Woods to prove that he is something, you know, something a little different. So I like both those picks. Um, give me your tight end fade. Who are you, who are you kind of like out on? They don't necessarily have to even be a hot name that people are like gassing up and you're out on. Just be anybody that you're like, I'm not trying to get him on any of my teams. I'm not really feeling that player. Uh, who would that be for you at the tight end position? Yeah, that's it for me. Is going to be someone who I just don't see. He had a pretty good seal. He had a pretty good fantasy season this year, actually. But I think when you look at it, I think his ceiling is just so capped. And when you look at the tight end position, you want to draft guys where you see the upside of them being at least a top two pass catcher on their team. If you're getting a guy who's the third option, you're just not going to hit the fantasy ceiling you want unless they're passing like 50 times a game. Unless they're like, because that's how. Because I want to talk about specifically when. Tom Brady and the Bucks a couple years ago, they like, I think they broke the record for most pass attempts in a season a couple yeah. years ago. Like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin were all great for fantasy. Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown, when Antonio Brown was on the field, was great for fantasy. When Gronk was on the field, was great for fantasy because they passed in the, an insane amount. Mm -hmm. But this team that this player is on doesn't pass an elite number. I'm talking about Dallas Goddard, the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't think he's someone that you really want to target in fantasy football because you've AJ Brown, Devontae Smith. Like, AJ Brown signed to like a five-year, four-year contract. Like he's stuck for the next three years. And Devontae Smith on his rookie contract, the Eagles aren't going to be trading him, I don't think. Like he's stuck with Philly for the next three years. So when you look at this three-year window that Dallas Goddard has, I mean, he's 28 years old too. He's not super young anyway. Like when you look at this three-year window you have with Dallas Goddard, it's just, he's going to be the number three option in offense that doesn't pass a ton with a quarterback who, good passer. Jalen Hurts is a good passer. But he's not a Patrick Mahomes. He's not a Josh Allen. He is not one of those guys. Like, it's just not it. And I truly don't think, I mean, when you look at when the stats when Dallas Goddard came back from injury, those last few games, because Devontae Smith, when Dallas Goddard was gone, was going off. Devontae Smith was insane in those games. And when Dallas Goddard came back, the opportunity wasn't there for him as much. And he wasn't producing as many fantasy points as a result. So Dallas Goddard, somebody be, I'm going to be shying away from in dynasty drafts. I think he's a tad overvalued right now because I just don't think the upside is there. And as a result, I think he's going to be a frustrating mid-end tight end one. And that's not someone I want in fantasy. I want to shoot for the guys with the upside. I'd much rather take a dart throw on Johnny Woods or Darnell Washington than take a mid-round pick on Dallas Goddard. All right. Fair, you know, fair criticisms. He is one of those players that we've been talking up for a while as that next guy is going to break out. And like you said, he has stayed in that that nice mid tight end one area. You like to have him, but is he really worth going out there and aggressively attacking in drafts right now? I would have to kind of agree with you and say probably not. Uh, so I, I like that pick there. Uh, we got some of that comment coming in. That's, that, that's definitely an interesting point because I mean, when you do look at it, it is interesting. Maybe they don't want Jalen Hurts running as much with the money. I. I do still, I do, I do like, I do like that point. That's a very good point. But the Eagles also, you got to think about it as well. The Eagles have a big hole at wide receiver three right now. Like they just got rid of Zach Pascal. Quez Watkins has been trashed last year. 
Like they have a big old wide receiver three. I think they're gonna be filling that this year either the draft or free agency looking for somebody. So I think they're gonna get some targets there stolen away. And I yeah, I just don't think Dallas got her. And even this year too, when you look at it, he had a very good season, but he was still so on and off for fantasy. When you look at the numbers, like he had some good games, some horrible games, like the targets just aren't always going to be there. And I think he's always just gonna be put in this spot where he's a low end tight end one. And that yeah. is someone that in fantasy is just someone you don't want. Like he's, at all. he's he's very much i mean you can see by his yardage totals here too and i'm actually gonna read the question or the comment real quick for the youtube people he said bizarre yeah. curdy said once hurts get the bag though no way eagles want him running as much i think there will be more targets available coming soon to that offense good point um he got 69 targets this last year he had 76 the season before 65 the season before that um but the touchdowns, you know, for a tight end to really hit his ceiling, he's already got those yards. He's got a reasonable number of yards, but the touchdowns just aren't really there. I would have to almost be concerned about that. And they're so hard to predict yeah. and project. But with Jalen Hurts, with A.J. Brown, with Devontae Smith, you know, that run with game. Rashad Penny, it's hard to really think that he would even get, not even saying he got double digits, but even close to that. So, like you said, it's just hard to see a path for him to find the upside. And but I will say, Curdy, what you said, I think you're right there too. I don't think this team yeah, is going to possible. use absolutely Hertz as much. There's definitely going to be an, enough passing volume for him to be relevant. But again, I'm kind of going to agree with Hutch here that I think that in, in drafts, and this is what I do, and I, I'm with, I know I look for outliers. I want to get the guy that's going to go all the way. And I just don't know if Dallas Goddard is in a situation right now that's conductive for him going all the way at that tight end spot for me. So I'll hand it back off to you. Sorry. No, no, no. I, I couldn't agree with more of what you just said, man. Uh, like, I agree there. Like, when I was talking about it a second ago, like, I want tight ends to be the number two option their offense or better. Dallas Goddard does not have that upside, and it's not even close. Like, he just doesn't have that upside unless an injury happens, and he doesn't have the upside for double-digit touchdowns. You're gonna be you're gonna be stuck in a situation where he's gonna leave you, he's gonna ghost you some games, and it's going to suck. He's gonna be low end tight end one. It's, and low end tight end ones suck. Like they just do. They after the first few guys, it just sucks to have like a tight end eight in fantasy. You just don't want that. They average like nine points a game in PPR. And if they yeah, score it's a terrible it, feeling bad. because bad. it's because you paid for it and somebody who drafted a guy at tight end 30 got him on waivers, he's getting half a point, you know, difference than you all season long. And yeah. it's just like so frustrating. So yeah, I 100% agree with you. I, the, the tight end position is very tedious. Um, I try to be careful and mindful about who I attack, who I put on my team. Always thoughtful of the market in the moment. So um, yeah, this might be a, this is a moment to get some young guys because we have some older guys working their way out of the league. Uh, all right, well, this is about time to wrap it up. Looks like we had another comment come through. I might pull that up. Uh, Hutch, before we let you go, I want to tell you, I appreciate you coming on. Um, you know, everybody make sure we linked Hutch's uh, podcast feed in the YouTube channel. And if you're listening on the podcast feed, I'll also put a link in both of our podcast feeds uh, into like the show notes or whatever. So y'all can go throw him a follow, listen to his podcast, show some support, show some love. Um, I wanted to, before we jump out of here, though, 
You said oh, you didn't want to talk about IDP, which is totally fine. You said you don't play IDP, which is also yeah, I, totally fine. I don't, I don't play IDP. So but if you were to ask like an IDP question, I'd be totally I don't, dead. I want like, you I just to have any IDP. questions for me. Do you have any, do you want to call I me? Mean, like, give me like, you know, let's just, I would, I mean, if you got, you got me right here. I would love to chat with you about any defensive player, even Eagles base. If you want to talk about anything, defense, yeah. Chauncey Gardner Johnson, I saw you tweeting about him. Yeah. Just, I, I just want to maybe spend well, three, four or five minutes, just chat a little IDP with you. And just, you know, if you had any questions or comments about the format or anything like that, I would, uh, be more than happy to kind of close the show off with that yeah i am always like i've always like i've seen all the time on twitter and i i talk about it with people like it seems like a very interesting format but like it's just like double the knowledge that you gotta know when you're playing idp because you gotta know every defensive player like you know every offensive player and for me well I, I i would i would you know be thrilled to do that and try an idp league like it's just <laughs> with that the amount of content i'm doing the amount of stuff i'm already doing like adding idp to that would be it would be a lot for me yeah. to do, like fully go in and research all these players and learn it. It would be very, very difficult for me. I've always been, I've always been uh, uh, fascinated. That's the word. Well, Eagles have you, you. You're a fan of a good team that you know yeah. for IVP. I mean, you guys had Hassan Reddick this last year, who Hassan I Reddick, think oh, yeah. he he should have probably got a few more votes for Defensive Player of the Year. Oh, yeah, I mean, exactly. he was Carter Johnson tied the league for interceptions, even though he missed games. Yep, yep. So you guys have some IDP studs over there. Javon Hargrave, you guys lost him to the Niners. Yeah, the Niners suck. But yeah, um, they got a nice defensive tackle. You guys stole him from us from the Steelers a couple of years ago. Yes, yeah, we did, we did. But uh, yeah, Javon. And Dominican Sue, you guys had Dominican Sue on your line. Yes, Sue, we had him for a while, yeah. Cox oh, yeah, there, was back. Graham was there. Graham, Graham had his career high in sacks this past year. He's one of those older guys. He's yeah. always been a big pressure guy, but he finally got home for some this year. Uh, Spiffy T had a question for me. Kevin Byers' IDP value, I'd say it remains pretty high. Uh, he's not going anywhere. He's one of the better defensive backs in the league. Um, let me see if I had any more questions or comments here before we roll out of here, Hutch. All right, well, before we go, last thing I will give you is what advice would you give to anybody coming into the industry you know old young you know whatever it may be you know that stuff aside just as you've been somebody who's been doing this for you know two years now you have a lot of reps behind the mic yeah. you have a lot of reps behind the keyboard you have a lot of reps uh just watching football you know and before i throw that off to you i will say and i'm not going to try to convince you to play idp but when we watch when we watch football we're already always watching defense that's the that's the thing that i think it we yeah. kind of tricked ourselves into thinking we're not participating but it's there if you look at it so uh yeah. just put, just put a little plug in your ear but what's the what's like yeah. one piece of knowledge or wisdom that you would like hand off to somebody that came into your dms like hey hutch you know i love your podcast i love what you do I love that you are attacking this in earnest. You know, what's a piece of advice you would give me, somebody else who wants to do that? Go. Yeah, I've actually had like a few of those DMs actually. Like I actually got in contact with a couple like other kids my age who were also trying to get into the fancy industry, make fancy content. I've been like, you know, teaching them a little bit about it. It, it, mm -hmm. was, it was really fun to do that. I, I was able to do it twice with a couple guys. Uh, it was really, really awesome. But but the advice they would give, I don't know if I stress this enough to them, but the advice that I really, really thought about was treat every opportunity like it's your last. Like every opportunity you get to have a podcast, every opportunity you get 
the guest on a podcast to interact with somebody like leave it all out on the table leave it all out on the table what do you got to lose like i i, I feel like putting your all into every piece like like i i hear people say like filler episodes and like things like that i don't like that's not a word i use in my head like that's not a word that's not a thing i do in my head like i treat every opportunity like it's my last one to write something like every article i write i treat like it's my last opportunity to write i every video i make i treat like it's my last video i'm making like that's awesome i treat like it's i treat like i'm trying to be the best i'm trying to make it the best one and i truly approach that with like every piece of content i've ever done and if i'm not approaching it that way i need to take a break that's what i that's what i thought about it if i'm not approaching it that way then I might, I might need to take a little break and that's okay. That's okay. Sometimes yeah. you break every once in a while. I've taken, I've definitely yeah. taken a couple breaks throughout this journey. I've definitely had a few breaks. I've just, you know what? I need a little bit of break. That's okay. But uh, yeah, treat every opportunity like it's your last because it might be honestly, like if you like, just go all out, man, go all out for it. Go for it. I love that. I love that, bro. You're, you're, you're wise beyond your years for sure. And, you know, you're right. You know, you came correct. You were definitely prepared for the show. You had awesome takes, even the way you're able to deliver. Like, I'm like taking some notes, you know, because we can learn from anybody and everybody. Uh, that's one thing that I'm Absolutely. like a huge uh, fan of. Sorry it took so long to get you on the show, dude, because you spit fire. So we're definitely going to have to have you back on this offseason another time. Um, and we do a live stream in season two, which I'm sure we're all busy and stuff. But we do a, a start sit season two, which is a lot of fun. That's what I really yeah. love. And I love getting my hands dirty and just like talking through people like, okay, what are we doing? So we'll try to slide you on for that too, maybe. Love that. But um, yeah, any final parting thoughts for the folks over here? Any, um, you know, any final secret nuggets or any uh, cool content you got coming out or just want to say what's up? Uh, no, I mean, you guys can follow me on Twitter. I'm at HutchsonB underscore FF on Twitter. Uh, and you can find pretty much all my content from there. I, I write for DLF, otherwise known as Dynasty League Football. I make videos for the football guys and their YouTube channel. Hutchinson Brown's Fantasy Football Perspectives, my podcast. Check it out. I'm also working on a Patreon. Uh, I have a Patreon I'm working on. It's maybe some Dynasty rankings, maybe bonus podcast episodes, giveaways, all kinds of awesome stuff will be included in that. So I'm hoping to release that shortly after the draft. I don't have an official date yet, but it's definitely something I'm really working on and I'm really excited for. So, uh, yeah, that's the biggest thing I'm working on right now. Excellent. Well, we were happy to have you. Y'all, IDP Army, everybody watching us, you know what to do. Go show my man Hutchinson some love. We will be back later this week with more NFL content, more best ball content, more dynasty content, all fantasy football all the time. You know what it is. And uh, yeah, make sure you subscribe to the channel and subscribe to both of our podcast feeds.